1420 WBSM presents Ray Lance of the USA Wealth Group. It's time to get your finances in order. Money Wise starts now. And good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Money Wise. Welcome to the show that thousands of people listen to every Sunday morning. And Money Wise is brought to you every Sunday morning at this time by USA Wealth Group. So this morning, we're pleased to have with us attorney Tenny Lance. Good morning, Tenny. Good morning, everyone. We also have a special guest with us. We have Mr. Aaron Doherty, who's the development officer from Whale, the Waterfront Historic Area League. So good morning, Aaron. Good morning. Thank you for having me on. And thank you for being with us. My pleasure. Ladies and gentlemen, today we're going to be talking about giving and what it means to give and how it can benefit you on your tax return and how it can make you feel really good when you give something to somebody else, especially to a nonprofit, to a charity. If you happen to be a member of a board of directors of a nonprofit organization and you're listening today, if you happen to belong to an organization, whether it's a church, a temple, whale, UMass Dartmouth Foundation, lots and lots and lots of nonprofit organizations in the area, then this is the time when you're going to learn a lot of information about what is planned giving? What does planned giving mean? So first of all, we're going to talk about uh, planned giving, but I'd like to give a little bit of background information about Aaron. And thank you so much for being here. Aaron, have you been on the radio before? Uh, I've been on the radio to conduct a series of commercials for events at different museums that I worked at. Okay. I've never been interviewed before, so okay. it's a first for me. Well, we're not going to actually interview you today. We'll ask you a bunch of questions. and Even better. And uh, we'll have a little conversation this morning, but we try not to uh, make it too tricky. Now, I know that I believe you are a history major in college. Is that That's correct? correct? Okay. Was it any particular form of history? American history for the most part. Okay. So I should warn you that do you know who in this studio this morning is really an expert on American history? I do not. Besides yourself? Attorney Tenny Lance. Oh, yeah? She Hardly loves, an expert. Well, but she loves the <laughs> Very subject. interested in it. Uh, if you want to get her something interesting for Christmas, I just get her a history book, something on the Civil War, the American Revolution, the French I can Revolution. Think of a couple of good ones. Uh, the kings and queens of England. She loves history, don't you, Tenny? I do. So that's that's her favorite thing. I really, um, I think, messed up Ray's Christmas giving because I bought myself a couple of history books last week, and Ray said, "Merry Christmas." <laughs> well, actually, it was already on my Christmas list because I had read a book review and I was going to get her a particular book, and she went up and bought it for herself. Not so, knowing, of course. If it makes well, you feel any better, I'm pretty sure I did the same thing. So <laughs> There's always next year, Tenny. But, Aaron, thank you for joining us. You know, uh, Whale is such an interesting organization. We're going to talk a lot today about Whale and the Waterfront Historic Area League. You know, ladies and gentlemen, if you've ever gone downtown New Bedford, gone down William Street in New Bedford, you see the cobblestones in the streets, and you see the this, this street lights that look like they're gas lights. They're actually electric, but they're imitation gas lights. And you look at all the beautiful buildings that we have in the historic district, it's thanks to Whale. And it's thanks to people like you, Aaron, and you, Tenny, for the efforts that you've put in to make New Bedford really what it is. So what would what would New Bedford be like if we hadn't had whale? It would be you know, totally different. A little while ago, you talked about um, whale when it had its legacy dinner, and you said that the thing that whale really needs to tout is the fact that 
New Bedford would not be what it is today if it weren't for whale. No, it would really be a very much of a rundown downtown. Um, it wouldn't have the historic qualities that it has today because Whale has done so much to preserve so many things. I wonder if you've ever been to the Zyterian Theater, ladies and gentlemen. Do you know that that was a project for Whale? Whale helped to restore that along with some very generous benefactors who put some initial gifts of $50,000 each. But if people hadn't done that and if the Whale Board of Directors hadn't said, let's take this on as a project, we wouldn't have a Zyterian Theater today. That's true. Um, a lot of these historic preservation activities actually kicked off with the release of the uh, movie Moby Dick back in the 1950s. Mm-hmm. Um, they shot a lot of those scenes from that movie over in Ireland because they couldn't find areas of New Bedford that looked like New Bedford would have looked during the heyday of the whaling industry. People, when they realized that they were missing out on this opportunity to, to really showcase their city as the place where Moby Dick started off as the place where all these historic events took place, they decided that they needed to get on the ball as far as historic restoration was concerned. There were a lot of historic buildings all around town, all around the city, that people wanted to identify, to preserve, to protect, and to once again put towards the beautification and the development of New Bedford. So Whale really got its start uh, out of a desire to retain as much of this history as was still possible. Well, we have a beautiful, charming downtown, historic downtown, historically recreated. And without Whale, I think there's, what, 70 or 80 buildings that have been restored around the city? Oh, probably more. Um, I, I don't think know if you know the number, Aaron, but... Off the top of my head, I do not, but it's, it's, there's dozens of them. Um, and when you say recreated, it, it, it really wasn't recreated. It was created it was restored. Uh, during its history and restored and rehabilitated, put to good new use. So if you want to do one thing that will make you feel proud of being uh, a resident of New Bedford or greater New Bedford, join Whale. How does one join Whale, I wonder? Well, I know that they're located on uh, Johnny Cake Hill, uh, appropriately, mm-hmm. on the second floor. And it's in the – is it in the Siemens Bethel building? It's in the Siemens Bethel building, yeah. Okay. I've actually been there before, but I just had to get some verification of that. We're, uh, we're directly across from the uh, Whaling Museum. So go over to Johnny Cake Hill and uh, come up and check out that part of town because mm-hmm. it's a beautiful place to take a walk. Uh, the Siemens Bethel is actually a museum that you can visit uh, and you can come in and just see the building that's been restored. I wonder if people realize that um, – Tourists come from all around the world and all across the country just to come to New Bedford to see the Whaling Museum and and the beautiful historic district that we have in New Bedford. And by the way, if it weren't for Whale, the Siemens Bethel and the Mariner's home next to it would not have been rehabilitated. They just finished this wonderful project with the Port Society and uh, other donors. It's It's a beautiful project. Well, I want to give the website for Whale. It's uh, www.waterfrontleague.org. And um, you can also call them at uh, 508-997-1776. I love that telephone number. What do they do to get that telephone number? (laughs) Oh, they got that number way long ago when it was coming up upon bicentennial time. So, Aaron, I know you majored in history. Where did you go to college? I went to college over at uh, Eastern Michigan University, both undergraduate and graduate. Okay. 
You know, um, I, I think you're living in the right state. Do you have roots in Massachusetts, by the way? Not really, no. <laughs> um, no, my folks live in Michigan. So does my entire extended family. Uh, my wife lives in Albany. Or Sorry, <laughs> my wife's family lives in Albany. Um, so neither one of us really have roots in the state, but we like it. Both of us are historically minded. Both of us work in museums, nonprofits, uh, restoration societies. And so this is a great state for that sort of work. You know, everybody who lives in Massachusetts really, I think, takes it for granted. But we probably have the most historic state in the whole United States. We you have more history, right about that. the American Revolution, Bunker Hill, um, the Boston Tea Party. Uh, I mean, the revolution really began here in Massachusetts that created the United States. Even before that, you go back to the colonial period. I mean, you sure. have um, – I used to work at uh, Plymouth Plantation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Plymouth Plantation, of course, being the seat of one of the first English colonies in the New World. Right. And even before that, you had English and Spanish explorers and traders coming to this part of the world in order to trade with the natives. And even before first contact back in the 15th century, there's an extensive – wealth of native history as well, although the records are much harder to find, Mm. the traces of uh, that period. And we still have very active um, Wampanoag history and Wampanoag uh, tribe activity, Mm -hmm. and we have the Wampanoag Nation, uh, both here uh, in our area as well as on Martha's Vineyard. Mm -hmm. So the history is amazing in the state of Massachusetts, and if you want to do something fun and you haven't been for a while, go see the Whaling Museum. I always recommend it. It's really a world-class museum. But uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about what Whale has done in some upcoming events. I know, uh, for example, on next Friday, Friday, December 7th, uh, there's a really interesting event taking place at the First Baptist Church, which is historic all by itself. And Gallery X. Right. This is sponsored by uh, Gallery X. It's sponsored by Whale. And there are a couple of other organizations involved in this too, aren't there, Tenny? Your Theater. Yes, Your Theater is also involved in this. These are amazing uh, nonprofit organizations all by themselves. Um, Gallery X, uh, Your Theater has been very active in the community for many, many years, decades. So these three organizations, Gallery X, Your Theater, and Whale, are having a joint uh, winter soiree. What's the proper name of this, Tenny? The proper name of the event? Yeah, it's just called a winter soiree. The holiday soiree. Holiday soiree. Mm -hmm. But the activities that are going to take place on that Friday night are really interesting. I mean, at 5.30, you're going to get a tour of the church. And do we all know why that church is famous? No. Robert's Rules of Order. Uh, There's a a wealth of history there. Uh, They... It played a a role in the abolitionist movement in the years leading up to the Civil War. During the Civil War, uh, Henry Martin Roberts was uh, sort of the commander of New Bedford's harbor fortifications. And he was running a meeting with uh, citizens of the city of New Bedford. The meeting got a little bit heated. It got a little bit out of hand. It was the 1860s and passions were running high. And Roberts, at the end of this very ferocious meeting, decided that if he ever got out of this meeting alive, he was going to implement a set of rules to make sure that he could control whatever future meeting he was in. Uh, 
parliamentary procedure was basically born there. So if you serve on a board, uh, if you serve on the uh, on committees that uh, oversee companies nowadays, you're probably using parliamentary procedure. Oh, absolutely. And this has its roots in First Baptist Church. It's a historic structure, no doubt. And there's one more aspect of that that I'm very proud of that you may or may not know. So this is called Trick the Historian uh, Morning, ladies right. and gentlemen. You ready? Not fair. So Mr. Roberts, who created Roberts' Rules of Order because of the disorder that was taking place in the First Baptist Church, mm. was also a Mason. I did not know that. He was a Freemason, and his Rules of Order are used to keep order in all the Masonic lodges around the world and around the country. What I've sense. always wondered about was – it's called parliamentary procedure. Did he base his rules on the English parliament procedure? Then I'm not sure. And I'm not sure either. what the roots of that uh, system would have been. I think he, having overseen several of these meetings with the city, with the town of New Bedford and its citizens, I think he took note of what worked and what did not work. He might have used uh, the British Parliament as uh, inspiration, sure, but the set of rules that he created, I think, were pretty much of his own invention. Much much better than the English rules. Well, we hope so. <laughs> They're still in place today. So, <laughs> Well, let me just say another couple of words about this uh, uh, holiday soiree. Uh, it's going to be at uh, the First Baptist Church on Friday, December 7th. This is a fundraising event, ladies and gentlemen. It's a very significant fundraising event because – the proceeds are going to be used to help uh, restore the First Baptist Church. You may have seen that the steeple has already been taken off the roof, and it's being repaired, I guess, on the ground because you can't do it as well up in the air. Makes for a great photo shoot, too. If you want to go over and take a look <laughs> at the steeple on the ground and the tower behind you, it's great. <laughs> oh, good. I think I might do that. Anyways, the proceeds from this event are going to be used to benefit the First Baptist Church restoration. And it's going to be the future home of your theater, which I didn't know before. Uh, tickets are $85. This is an extremely worthwhile event. You're doing something to help restore New Bedford as well as restore the church. So at 530, uh, there's going to be a tour uh, inside the church. You're going to be able to see what it looks like if you've never been inside there before. There's going to be a performance of a small play called Death Knocks by your theater directed by Robin Richard. And then from 6.30 to 8.30, there's going to be food, an open bar, live music. There's going to be an art auction to raise even more money. And the second part starting at 6.30 is going to be at Gallery X. Oh, it is. Okay. Right next door. Oh, all right. Immediately next door at Gallery X. Well, what a wonderful time for three nonprofits to come together to uh, support this very worthwhile cause. So um, if you want information, if you want to get tickets, uh, call Whale at... 508-997-1776, a very easy number to remember. Um, ask for Aaron. He's the main ticket seller, mm -hmm. right? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I will take your ticket, yeah. You will Call you, into the office. You, you, can, also you, visit, you can also visit www.waterfrontleague.org slash events. Okay, so we hope you do that. So let's talk about plan giving. Um, you know, uh, Tenny, Attorney Tenny Lance and I, uh, sat down with Aaron, Aaron Doherty from Whale. Uh, we visited with him um, oh, probably two months ago, I guess, somewhere Sounds around there. Right. And we talked about planned giving because Whale and the Whaling Museum and lots and lots of nonprofits, they need to raise money constantly in order to sustain themselves and to 
support the wonderful charitable causes that they have. Um, I had meetings just this past couple of days with the church that I go to, the Congregational Church of South Dartmouth, and talking about fundraising events and so forth. If you belong to an organization or if you think that it's important to preserve history and to preserve New Bedford, it's really important to join these kinds of organizations and it's important to support them financially. So let's talk about some of the things that we can do for planned giving because we've all heard this phrase, planned giving. Planned giving is not simply writing a check once a year, although that could be part of it. Um, There are basically two ways that people will help support a nonprofit organization, or three ways, they'll say. One is just annual donations, membership fees, dues, things of that nature, and that might help support um, the regular activities of the nonprofit or the church or whatever it happens to be. And then every once in a while, you need to have special events for capital fundraising. So you need to go out and raise a large sum of money because you have to fix a building, you have to improve a building, you have to put a new roof on or new windows and things of that nature. And these things are very expensive. And then often there'll be a capital campaign to go out and raise a, a large sum of money all at the same time so you can go in and make necessary improvements. Then there's something really important called plan giving. And plan giving is nothing more than the process of, okay, we don't want to be in a crisis mode all the time. We don't want to go out and say we have an emergency. We need to raise a a whole lot of money at one time. How can we do this so we can have money coming in on a regular basis to support what we do? That's plan giving. So, Tenny, one of the simplest forms of plan giving is simply – Having a provision in a will or in a trust where you're going to leave some money to a nonprofit organization. That's correct. Uh, It's very easy to insert a paragraph into your will that says I leave X amount of money or a percentage of my total estate to a particular nonprofit or to many nonprofits. And it's the – it's the wish of the nonprofits that people understand this and know how to do uh, this kind of pre, pre-giving so that you can benefit these organizations that are very important to you. And uh, Whale is considering a planned giving program, and I'm sure many other uh, of the nonprofits in New Bedford already have it. Uh, the Whaling Museum, for example, I believe has a planned giving program. But it it needs a lot of work, a lot of effort. And so basically, uh, plan giving is nothing more than gift planning or legacy planning. And usually it's in addition to what you might be doing on a regular basis. So here's an important reason for doing plan giving. Let's say that you belong to an organization you believe in. Uh, Maybe it's the Lloyd Center for Environmental Studies. Um, I was the first president of that organization a long time ago and and helped to get their non nonprofit status in place. Um, But you need to have gift planning and legacy planning besides your annual membership dues. It's it's a way to support nonprofit organizations. It's a way to continue a gift for somebody who does an annual gift. Let's say somebody gives $100 a year or $500 a year every single year, but then they die. Well, then there's no more gift. That revenue is gone. Maybe they can do a gift in their estate plan, Tenny, or maybe in their will or in their trust, as we've said. And it can be an outright gift. I've had 
Um, I had one client who left uh, $10,000 in his estate plan to the Masonic Lodge that we both belong to. Um, that's an outright gift. Um, then and there are other kinds of gifts that can go on for a longer time. And planned giving is a way to define the future for an organization. Um, if you think of it, Whale is very lean and mean. I believe you only have three full-time employees. <laughs> Less than that for full-time. We've got uh, four employees total right now. Uh, we're looking at bringing on a fifth. Um, several of us are part-time. That's right. And and so every year, Whale has to consider how are we going to raise enough money to pay these people so the organization can continue? And as Ray said, it's nice to be able to give your $100 every year. But if you go away, if a particular year you decide not to do that, how is the organization going to survive? And that's what planned giving is really about. So I want to ask Aaron Darty, our guest this morning, a question because he's a history major. Mm -hmm. This is another Stump the history major question. Let's do it. Okay. So how long do you think that people have been thinking about giving and planned giving? Giving and planned giving. Ooh. Um, if I had to venture a guess, I don't think that nonprofits really started to pick up steam until maybe the 1940s or 50s. I would say that I'm going to guess planned giving came into effect in the 1960s. You're absolutely correct yes. because you're smart enough to pick up on the fact that I said planned giving. Mm. And I shouldn't have said planned giving. I should have said just gifts. <laughs> so planned giving is a relatively recent phenomenon. But I want to give you a quotation from Aristotle. Okay. But we back. ought to first give him, give him a round of applause. Yes. What a good guess. I'll take it. <laughs> it's a well-reasoned guess. So here's, here's a quotation from Aristotle. To give away money is an easy matter and in any man's power, but to decide to whom to give it and how large and when and for what purpose and how is neither in every man's power nor an easy matter. So even in Aristotle's time several thousands of years ago, he was talking about giving so giving is something that makes everybody feel good. I mean, if you put money in a collection plate at a church, if you write a check for a charity, if you if you go to a nonprofit event such as the uh, winter soiree uh, that's going to be held um, and help support the restoration of the Baptist church, it makes you feel good. You have a good time. You have fun doing it. But it makes you feel good, doesn't it? It does. It uh, It makes you feel good to be able to support the things that you care about and to put money towards things that are actually going to make a difference. So um, let's talk about some specifics of ways to do charitable giving. Um, first of all, we have some new tax rules in the year 2018, and we are talking this particular year. And we're going to talk a little bit about some of the details of the tax rules. So you can do a legacy gift. You can do a gift in an estate plan. And I've shown a lot of people how they can multiply the value of their gift. I want to give one quick example before we're going to take a little break here. Um, I have a client, a couple up in the Bridgewater area roughly. Um, husband and wife both worked in the education system. Uh, they never had children, no, no nephews, no brothers, no sisters, no other heirs. And they accumulated a lot of money, about $3 million. And 
their plan was to leave everything to their town. Half of it was going to go to a scholarship fund and half was going to go to help uh, create uh, money towards a hockey rink. Um, who else would they leave it to? It's a wonderful thing to do. And they weren't living on all their income. They both had state retirement pensions. They had more than enough money to live on. And I said, how would you like to leave a larger gift to your town? How would you like to take some of the excess money that you really don't need to live on and let's create a second-to-die life insurance policy and we're going to create a much larger benefit for your town? And they did that. And they bought a $2 million second-to-die life insurance policy with excess income they didn't need to live on and now they've left $5 million to their town instead of $3 million. So for people who are listening who are charitably inclined, there's lots and lots of ways. doesn't have to be as large as that or spectacular as that. But there are things that you can do, lots of good planning things you can do to leave money and even leave a larger sum to the nonprofit of your choice. Tanya, you can help do that. You can help set up clauses in their uh, estate plans, for example, and I know you've done that on many occasions. Absolutely. The easiest way to do it is in your will, but the more effective way is uh, to have a trust that will avoid the probate process, as we say, and will specify exactly what you want to leave to which organization and how much. So, yes, we can certainly help with any of those documents. We're going to take a short break and come back, and in a minute we're going to be talking about um, some tax conferences that we have coming up that are free to the public on December 12th and December 13th that you might be interested in attending. So stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to come right back and talk about whale and the winter soiree, and we're going to be talking about some things that you can do to make a difference in how you make gifts. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to MoneyWise. Today we're talking about a very important topic. We're talking about the subject of how can you make a difference in your life? How can you make a difference in your community, your church, your favorite nonprofit organization? How can you make sure that you're going to leave a legacy and you're going to make a difference in uh, the lives of other people around you and, and helping people? This is the time of year when we have um, giving. Everybody gets lots and lots of solicitations in the mail. Uh, give money to your school if you went to a college. Give money to uh, the Salvation Army, which is one of my favorite organizations. I always put money in the Salvation Army pots when I see them outside of stores. It's, it's a critically important organization. They do so much. I support the Red Cross. I think they're very important and. They've helped my family in the past when we lived through a tornado and uh, helped my family enormously. There's lots of articles in the paper you see. If you don't support organizations, sometimes they can't sustain themselves. We've had major church closings recently, not only in New Bedford and Boston and Fall River, because it costs a lot of money to support these organizations. And if you want to do something important, you need to help support these organizations. Um, we're pleased to have with us this morning Aaron Doherty, who's the development director for Whale, the Waterfront Historic Area League. And uh, welcome back, Aaron. Thank you for being with us. Again, thanks for having me. Now, let's talk about this little event that's coming up um, on Friday, the 7th of December. The Holiday Soiree. So... 
for those of you who are just tuning in, um, on the 7th of December, Whale is joining forces with your theater and Gallery X to hold a fundraiser to help support the restoration of New Bedford's historic First Baptist Church. We talked a little bit about the history of First Baptist Church and the before the break. Um, it's the birthplace of Robert's Rules of Order. Uh, it is. Uh, it was the site of a lot of abolitionist activity in the years leading up to the Civil War. It's actually the last remaining church steeple that was on the New Bedford city, uh, city seal. If you look at the seal, there are a bunch of church steeples on the skyline. First Baptist Church is the only church that's still around. The rest of these buildings have sadly been destroyed. So to... Uh, to help restore this structure and also to celebrate the fact that First Baptist Church is going to become the new home of uh, your theater, the Steeple Playhouse. Whale, your theater, and Gallery X are going to be holding uh, a tour of First Baptist Church at 5.30, also a performance of Death Knocks. At 6.30, we're going to retire to Gallery X for food, open bar, and an art auction, all to support the restoration of this historic building. Um, you can go on www.waterfrontleague.org slash events to find out more information or call Whale's office and we'd be happy to uh, give you more information if you're thinking about coming. Tickets are $85 and we hope to see as many people there as possible. Now, is it necessary to buy your ticket in advance or if you make up your mind at noon on December 7th, can you still go? Uh, if you make up your mind on at noon on December 7th, uh, p- feel free to call our office to see if tickets are still available. We don't know when we're going to sell out. There are a limited number of tickets. And so if we get up to that limit before noon on December 7th, unfortunately, we're probably going to have to uh, uh, put you on a waiting list in case anybody else does not uh, show up. Uh, however, the best way to get around this hurdle is to register early. Call yes. our office and uh, Absolutely. buy a ticket. Yep. So, Tenny, please, uh, we're planning to go there, so let's not wait until the last minute. <laughs> yes. Let's get I, I'm never <laughs> early in buying <laughs> tickets for things, so I need to get on the ball and do that. This is a really important cause, and, and I know that the uh, First Baptist Church did figure prominently in uh, the abolitionist movement uh, at the time of the Civil War. So we're talking not only about city history, we're talking about national history. New Bedford is such a wonderful place, and it's, it's our obligation to help preserve the structures that represent that history. Harriet Ward Beecher, uh, famous, uh, excuse me, Henry Ward Beecher, famous author, once wrote, every charitable act is a stepping stone towards heaven. Uh, it's I like in, that. Here. I should get that embroidered. <laughs> Here, I'm going to give that to you. Tenny won't embroider it, but you can paste it on your wall. Thank you. <laughs> no um, embroidery. I'm not sure that you knew, Aaron, that uh, Tenny actually wrote the first draft of the legislation that created the historic district in New Bedford. I think we had talked about that before, actually, yeah. A long, long while ago and, and not a big role. Well, Tenny, Tenny is a very modest person, but she's actually done a lot for New Bedford, and she has a love for uh, the city, and she has a love for whale, and and you, she's been very active in uh, helping whale to plan some of our activities. Uh, Tenny helped us to put on our legacy dinner about a month and a half ago. Right. So whale has been doing a lot of very interesting things lately to uh, celebrate their history and their role in preserving history in New Bedford, and uh, which is enormous. 
Um, and I guess all the past presidents of the Board of Whale uh, now are members of the Legacy Group. Is that what it's called? It's called the President's Council. President's Council, And okay. we did a Legacy Dinner, which was great fun. Uh, past mayors who are prominent in uh, in helping the whale movement and helping in the rehabilitation of the historic area were all there that night. And John Bullard just gave a terrific speech. Yes, he did. John Bullard uh, was truly inspirational when he spoke at that event. And uh, who were the other mayors who were there? Uh, Mayor Markey. Um, you'll remember, right? Uh, um, yeah, Mayor Markey was there. Do Scott you mean Lang. the other? Scott Lang, I'm sorry, yes. And uh, Mayor Mitchell. And Mayor John um, Mitchell was there. So the four the mayors w- or former mayors at that event. It was yeah. very impressive. And it really illustrates the, uh, the the pride that everybody has had in our city, in the city of New Bedford. It was a good way to sort of look back at the early years of the formation of the Waterfront Historic Area League, uh, remind everybody why the organization was started in the first place, and to recognize some of these individuals who were so instrumental in bringing historic preservation as a cause to New Bedford. Um, and- I'm sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, if not for these individuals, uh, these buildings would not have been saved, and it's doubtful that Whale would be in the position that it is now, having saved dozens of buildings over the last several decades. Well, but we all have mo- to help, don't we? I'm sorry. <laughs> Go ahead, Tenny. <laughs> Important that these individuals gave not only of their time, but they reached into their back pockets and uh, made the necessary financial arrangements for the rehabilitation programs to go forward. And that really ties into our plan giving theme today. Mm -hmm. These folks were terrific. So you need to do something to help support your organization or this organization or this event. Benjamin Franklin once wrote, I would rather have it said he lived usefully than he died rich. See your money go towards something that matters, yes. Yes, and you can do lifetime gifts. So we've talked a little bit about planned giving. You can do it in a will. You can do it in a trust and simply say, I leave X dollars to this organization. We've had many, many clients over the years, haven't we, Tenny, that have done exactly that. They've made provisions in their wills. They've made provisions in their trust. It's a gift that keeps on giving, keeps on living, isn't it? Yes, and it really doesn't matter whether – Uh, You have a large family that you want to leave your legacy to, um, but most people want to also uh, assist some charity. Uh, We've had clients that have given very large, multi-million dollar estates to charitable uh, purposes. And uh, by the way, it helps with your Massachusetts estate tax if you do this. Mm -hmm. It does. You'll discover, Aaron, when you listen to the show often enough that uh, I like to pepper it with little quotations. So Eleanor Roosevelt once said, when you cease to make a contribution, you begin to die. So think about that one. But there's ways to give besides just giving money. If you, can, if you don't have a lot of money, you can be a volunteer. Whale has lots of volunteers. Um, downtown organizations uh, have tour groups and volunteers that they do. Um, Way back in the time of Hippocrates, he said, sometimes give your services for nothing. So you can be a volunteer. There's lots of ways to volunteer. Uh, Do something that gives something to somebody else. It it really does your heart good. Um, Let's talk about some ways that we can give. Oh, you know what I want to do, Tenny? I want to mention that uh, we are doing a very important tax conference on Wednesday, December 12th. 
and Thursday, December 13th. They're both going to be at 6.30 p.m. And they're going to be at the Southworth Library at 732 Dartmouth Street in Dartmouth. Uh, We've already had a very good response uh, to this. And it's about the new tax bill and how to avoid tax mistakes that could cost you thousands of dollars. Uh, There's still time to take advantage of some of the things we're going to talk about even during the year and even before the end of the year. So if you'd like to attend uh, one of these conferences on December 12th or December 13th, give a call to 508-998-8858 and make a reservation. You can also register online, uh, www.usawealthgroup.com. And we hope to see you there if you want to learn more about taxes. You know, Aaron, um, a lot of times people think that charitable giving is for just really wealthy people, but it's not. You can do small gifts and make a difference, right? That's correct. It's important for uh, those who are listening to understand that uh, no matter what your income level, no matter what your asset level, uh, giving is an important thing to do, but everybody recognizes that not the world, uh, not the entire population has millions to give. It's just important to give, not the amount uh, or the percentage or anything like that. It's very important that you think about the uh, nonprofits in your area and support them. I'd also like to point out that uh, for Whale, as for many other nonprofits, most of our donations, most of our uh, the money that comes in to help us with our operations and towards our future plans, they don't come from extremely wealthy people because with as many nonprofits as there are in the United States and in New Bedford, Massachusetts, very wealthy people are receiving requests for money all the time, multiple times a day. Most of the people who help to support Wales activities, uh, nonprofit uh, uh, development, historic restorations, uh, low-income housing, uh, most, of this, most of these donations come from people living in New Bedford who aren't necessarily very wealthy themselves but have a stake in Wales activities, who want to see the organization do well in New Bedford and help to bring vitality back to these historic sections of the city. So if you are able to give $10, that's wonderful. If you're able to give $100, that's terrific. If you're able to give more, absolutely, that would be wonderful as well. We had a uh, church meeting last night, and one of the topics that came up is that people don't really know um, what the expectation is for giving. And uh, it's important, I think, that people know that any contribution, whatever it is that that you give ten dollars or a hundred. It's important to the nonprofit. And you can give uh, assets in a number of ways, by the way, to whatever nonprofit that you wish to support. You can do it with life insurance. If you have a life insurance policy, you can decide that maybe only part of it needs to go to individual family members and part of it could go to a charity. You can make beneficiary changes. We can help you and show you how to do that. Um, you can donate money this year uh, directly from your IRA, and you won't get a tax deduction for it, but you're going to save not having to pay income taxes. So here's how that works. If you have uh, – here's my tax tip for the day. If you have um, an IRA and you're over the age of 70 and a half and you must take a required minimum distribution and 
you say, well, I don't really need the money, and if I take the money myself, I have to pay income taxes on it. So I'll do that. I'll take my distribution. I'll pay income taxes on it. And then, by the way, I'm going to make a charitable tax deduction. I'm going to make a charitable tax contribution to my church or my favorite nonprofit organization. You're not going to get as much tax benefit from doing that because there are some limitations that I'll explain in just a moment. What you could do instead is you could have the required minimum distribution go directly to the nonprofit. So you won't get a tax deduction for that, but you're not going to pick it up as income on your income tax return, and you still have the benefit of knowing that the money has gone to help the charity. Again, we can show you how to do that. We've got a number of clients that are doing that right now, including one even last week. He's helping to support uh, a religious school, for example, and he's been doing it for a number of years. Yeah, and Um, I think it's important that uh, we emphasize that you can help people do that because people are often confused enough about their required minimum distributions to say nothing about changing where they're going to go. We'll be happy to show you how to do that. You know, the average age for somebody who makes the first charitable bequest commitment is about 40 to 50. Of course, that's about the time when a lot of people start thinking about doing their estate plan, isn't it, Tenny? Yes. Many older, unfortunately. And interestingly, high-income women are more likely than men to use complicated gift tax planning concepts. So we've talked about bequest. We've talked about life insurance, a little bit about IRAs. There are some other really interesting things you can do. I have one client who has a fairly good-sized estate, and what he has done is say, I want all the income from my money to go towards my female girlfriend. They're not married, but they've had a long-term relationship. We've got a lot of clients in that same situation. So the way it's set up is that she will get income for life from the money, and then when she's gone, and she's been able to be supported during that time, can work in either gender, um, then the balance will go off to charities. There won't be an estate tax to pay. He's got a large estate because the gifts are going to go off to charity and they'll be deducted from the estate. The important thing is it's called a split interest gift. You can make gifts during your lifetime. You can do the same thing in the reverse order. If you have a large asset that you don't need to have income from, you can have the income go off to a nonprofit organization uh, while you're living. So there are many, many devices of that nature They get a little bit more complicated um, as estates get a little bit larger, but both Tenny and I have had a lot of experience working in those areas. And I'm going to mention one other thing very quickly, and then we're going to talk about a few other general things. Um, And that is we've done a lot of work with something called a charitable remainder trust. So let's say you have a a real estate asset. We've had clients do this with as as little as a $300,000 set of garages who's going to sell it and pay capital gains tax. Instead, we took the garages and transferred them into a charitable remainder trust. He got a tax deduction for doing that. Then the asset gets sold. There's no capital gains tax to pay. And then the money gets reinvested And it provides income to him for a specified period of time, usually like a 20-year period. And then when he dies, whatever is left over goes to charity. This is not for everybody, but it it really works very, very well for somebody who wants to sell an asset, not pay taxes on it, get an income benefit during their lifetime, and yet also benefit a charity. 
There are many, many devices and ways you can do this. And it's important to do, isn't it, Tenny? Yes. Um, we talk about charitable remainder trusts to a lot of people when they come in to discuss estate planning in general. Yep. So let's give another plug for this uh, wonderful event coming up on uh, Friday, December 7th. Do you want to mention that? Uh, again, Aaron, it's and this is this three, organi- three organizations that are sponsoring this. Yep, it's going to be the Holiday Soiree. It's going to take place on December 7th, starting at 530 over at First Baptist Church. Um, there's going to be a tour of the church sanctuary. There's going to be a play, Death Knocks, by your theater. 630, we move to Gallery X for food, open bar and an art auction, all to support the restoration of historic First Baptist Church, the church whose history we've been talking about for the last uh, 45 minutes or so. That's, as I said, going to take place on December 7th, uh, so not this coming Friday, but the Friday after. Tickets are $85, and you can uh, purchase your tickets by going to www.waterfrontleague.org slash events. You can also call the whale office and uh, speak with us to make sure that you get your tickets. There are a limited number of tickets available, so we recommend that people contact us early just to make sure that your spot is uh, ready for you. There are lots of things we can do to help others. Uh, Booker T. Washington once said, if you want to lift yourself up, lift up someone else. And Mother Teresa wrote, if you can't feed a hundred people, then feed just one. But we are a nation of uh, charitable givers, and fortunately the tax laws uh, favor it. Um, you wouldn't necessarily, I'll, I'll, I'm not even asking you on this one, Aaron, but I'll tell you that when you donate uh, $85 for this, um, I think that probably the whole amount of the $85 is not a tax deduction because you're getting some benefit from the food and whatever else you're having there. That's correct. Um, Because that $85 gets you into the event itself, um, in exchange for your $85, you're getting access to the holiday soiree. So rather than being a full donation, it's something that you get in exchange for that money. Mm. I'm going to give you – I'm going to pepper you with a couple more quotations because I think they're important. This is from John F. Kennedy. The raising of extraordinarily large sums of money – given voluntarily and freely by millions of our fellow Americans, is a unique American tradition. Philanthropy, charity, giving voluntarily and freely, call it what you like, but it is truly a jewel of an American tradition. John F. Kennedy. So we're fortunate that we do have tax laws that allow people to take advantage of giving and being generous and supporting organizations. We're happy to provide more detailed information in our office if you care to make an appointment, 508-998-8858. We should mention once once more about the tax seminars that you are going to be putting on. Okay, I'll let Um, you do that. And those are on December 12th and 13th at the Southworth Library in Dartmouth. And they are at uh, in the evening at 6.30 p.m. Uh, you're going to be talking about avoiding tax mistakes that could cost you thousands. Um, it's really about taxes toward the end of the year. And we'll throw in a little bit about estate planning strategies as well. So December 12th and 13th at the Southworth Library in the evening at 6.30. Thank you. And 
Um, make an appointment to go see Tenny if you would like to have some help in setting up any of these documents as well. She does a lot of that, and she's very knowledgeable. Aaron, um, I, I really appreciate having you here today. Um, you're a good spokesperson for Whale. Well, thank you. Whale has been just as much a part of the history of the city of New Bedford as the First Baptist Church and the Whaling Museum and all the other wonderful organizations that really define the character of this city, isn't it? It is. Um, one of the reasons I was drawn to Whale as an organization is – the care that they take in restoring these historic properties all around New Bedford in retaining this history so that people have this sense of heritage, this sense of belonging because of the buildings that are being preserved. And also because the buildings, when they're preserved, they're turned into businesses, uh, new art centers like our co-creative center downtown. Uh, the First Baptist Church, as we mentioned earlier, is going to be turned into the Steeple Playhouse, a new uh, cultural center and the home of your theater. Mm. Um, we also do extensive work in uh, blighted homes, uh, rundown houses all across the city. S- many of them are being turned into affordable housing, which is you know an issue all across the state of Massachusetts. Um, so many of the houses that you see that have been around for 100, 150 years, if the roof is falling in, if um, if the structure itself needs a lot of work, Whale is going to try to fix up that property and put it back on the market. And give the phone number for Whale for ordering tickets. 508-997-1776. We hope to hear from you. Well, thank you for being here. And, Tenny, thank you for being with us always. Um, Martin Luther King once said, Life's persistent and most urgent question is, what are you doing for others? So do something to help restore the Baptist Church. Do something to help people who don't have enough this year. Give to the Standard Times uh, Fund that's helping others. Um, And the last quote I want to give you is from Bob Hope. If you haven't got charity in your heart, you have the worst kind of heart trouble. Bob Hope. (laughs) Wise man. Ladies and gentlemen, do something wonderful for your favorite charity. Thank you so much for listening.